All right, today's scripture comes from the gospel according to Mark, chapter 6. We're going to read verses 30 to 44 in the ESV. Um, We encourage you to to find the scripture uh, in a pew Bible, or if you brought your own Bible or Bible app, it will also be projected behind me. But we're going to comb through the scripture. We're going to hopefully read it very carefully. And uh, um, right now, I'm going to read the scripture for you. We ask that you read it silently to yourself uh, as we read along. So again, it's Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 44. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five. And two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, friends, uh, today's message is called Enough Rest. And I got to tell you that uh, this message, of course, you know, we've just been reading through the Gospel of Mark, you know, and so in many ways, I'm not picking the passages. They just come up when they come up. And, uh, but it kind of comes in good timing for me uh, because just for me personally, I've been having a lot of trouble sleeping lately, um, just like having a lot of trouble getting to bed, then I go to bed late, and then I have to wake up just not feeling really rested. And, um, you know, I, I know that I'm probably not the only one who sometimes has trouble sleeping or, or is feeling tired uh, because one of the things that I hear is that in America, um, it, it's almost an epidemic, this, this, uh, uh, this idea of sleep deprivation, that so many of us are not getting enough sleep. You know, uh, how many of you are getting that, that sort of, you know, that magical eight to nine hours of sleep per night? Someone was like, <laughs> I think I saw like one kind of half-hearted hand, like, like you know what I admit it? <laughs> Be proud, like, oh man, that's awesome if you get that much sleep. Um, let, let, let me uh, ask you a question, because I, I hear, um, I, I read some things about sleep deprivation. Uh, how many of you fall asleep, you know, after your head hits the p- pillow in uh, five minutes or less? How many people fall asleep? Okay, a lot of you. 
I heard that is one of the signs of sleep deprivation. <laughs> that this idea of just, just like, I don't know, some of you, you're like, man, it's not even five minutes. Like, I'm like putting my head down, and before the head, my head hits the pillow, like, I'm asleep. You know? Um, yeah, uh, I, I read that um, the normal amount of time that it takes to fall asleep is about 15 to 20 minutes. But a lot of us, it's not that, because we are just so tired. And, and I think that in this society, um, there's so many of us who are not getting enough sleep. Um, but in this culture, we, we live in a culture of scarcity. Brene Brown talks about this a lot, where scarcity is kind of like a badge of honor for us, like not getting enough sleep. Like where we're talking to people at work or at school, we're like, hey, how much sleep did you get last night? Like, oh, I got five hours. Oh, you got five hours? I got four hours. Well, I got three hours. Well, I got one hour. Well, I got five minutes. Well, I got one second. It's like, what, what are we doing? You know? <laughs> and can you imagine in that conversation, like, oh, how much sleep did you get? Like, oh, man, oh, I've been so busy. I, I just, like, you know, like all these people are talking about how little sleep they got. And there's one, like, bushy-eyed person who's like, I got 11 hours. I get 11 hours every night. <laughs> you just imagine, like, like, if you said that, you know, maybe some people, they, they look at you, like, you know, and they, like, want to murder you with their bloodshot, tired eyes, you know, <laughs> the, the bags under their eyes. But friends, um, I think a lot of us are tired, and it's not just physical exhaustion. It's not just physical. It's not just the lack of sleep. But many of us are tired emotionally and spiritually. Now, there's a lot on our plates. You know, there's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. A lot of things we're worried about. We're worried about the future. You know, we're worried about the direction of our country and the world and possible war, World War III, all these things. They weigh on us. All the different things that are going on. Maybe some of us are lonely. Maybe some of us are depressed. Maybe some of us just feel like we're in darkness. Like I mentioned uh, before the offering prayer, that in this season, it's supposed to be a season of hope and light. But for many people, it's a season of darkness. It's a season where just like everything, like financial concerns get exacerbated because you got to buy all these people presents. And there's so many things going on at the end of the year. You know, so many businesses are trying to cram in things at the end of the year. You know, school obviously is wrapping up for a lot of people. So many things going on with that. And it's just a lot to carry, brothers and sisters. We're tired. We're tired. We're tired. We're sick. And we're tired. Do you feel that? Do you feel that, friends? Are you tired? You know, and and the, the funny thing is that no matter how much rest we try to get, it just doesn't seem to be enough. The things that we think are going to give us rest, you know, maybe you're just like really stressed out. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to take a nap. You know, like, I have all these things going on, but I'm just going to take a nap because I'm just tired. And how does that go for us oftentimes? Oftentimes, that, that sleep isn't very restful. You're, like, tossing and turning. You have these weird nightmares and stuff because you have anxiety that, that's sort of, like, you know, plaguing your subconscious. And then you wake up and you're like, I still have lots of things to do. I still have all these things on my plate, but now I just killed four hours in this nap. And it's four hours less that I have to do all the stuff that I have on my plate, right? And it makes us more anxious. 
Or some of us, you know, we, we surf the internet or we do something to relax and to, um, you know, to de-stress. But again, when we're done, it's still there. The problems are still there. And in many cases, it just gets worse. And so friends, when we talk about rest, um, I, I think it is something that is so needed. And it's something that is not unique to our time, even though I think we do live in a time where a lot of us feel like we have a scarcity of rest. But in Jesus' time, in Jesus' ministry, there was a great need for rest because there were so many things going on. And that's what we find in the scripture today. So just uh, kind of by way of review, and so we kind of know the context of this uh, passage, um, in verse 30, it tells us, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were go- coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. So friends, what, what was going on for the disciples and for Jesus? So if you remember, the disciples had just been sent out uh, to do ministry Uh, probably for the first time. It was kind of like this great commission that Jesus had where they went out and did the things that Jesus did, right? They went around to different towns and they were preaching and they were healing people and they were driving out demons just like Jesus did. And Jesus warned them. He said, you know what? I I don't want you to rely upon anything else but just, you know, the Holy Spirit. And so don't take a lot of resources. And he warned them. He said, you might be rejected. Some people may not receive you. And so they came back and, and were, were you know, probably talking about the many breakthroughs and the many awesome things they saw, driving out demons and healing people. But they probably had some scars too, some wounds. Like, yeah, but you know, there's this one house we went to where they just flat out rejected us. They kicked us out. You know, they probably faced some of that. And so the busyness of ministry, I'm sure that's exciting, but that can be draining too, Right? You know, they're just doing a lot. But they also probably face some hardship too along the way. Let's be honest. And then, you know, Jesus and the disciples, they're also fresh off the news that John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, was brutally murdered, right? We talked about this last week. He was beheaded and his head was served on a platter um, to, to Herod's wife. And... You know, you got to think that this plays too. You know, that there's all this stuff going on. And by the way, even everywhere they go, as it tells us in Scripture, there are many people coming and going. They didn't have leisure even to eat. This is how busy the disciples and Jesus were. They, They could hardly get a meal. So many people just wanted a piece of Jesus. So many people are are wanting to touch him and be healed by him, and just get a glimpse of him. They can't go anywhere. They can't get a decent meal. They're tired. They're tired. And so, friends, I think we can relate. I think Jesus and the disciples can relate to us as well. They are so tired, and so Jesus knows this. And he says to the disciples, come away by yourselves. Let's get away to a desolate place and rest a while. Can you imagine the disciples hearing that? Man, I just imagine them like, you know, just, you know, like literally, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Oh my gosh, we need that. Oh, oh, that's going to be so great. Thank God. We need that. We need rest. 
And so they go to get rest. And they went away in, a, in, a, in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. But in verse 33, we hear that now many saw them and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And so, friends, um, I've heard this message, or I've heard sermons on this passage kind of split up in some ways. We take this first part and we're like, see, Jesus wants you to rest. You got to go away by yourself, right? But the reality is when they went away by themselves, people followed them. They didn't get to have that rest by themselves, right? Because as soon as they show up, lo and behold, everyone is waiting. Like, hi, Jesus, <laughs> where are you going? Well, we, we just decided to invite ourselves, okay? <laughs> Jesus, what are we doing now? What, what's popping, man? And, and so what does Jesus do then? You know, I, I so want verse 34 to be that Jesus said, no, we need Sabbath. I want so much for 34 to be, Jesus said, mm, we need clear boundaries here, okay? You know, there's six days for you all to be healed and to receive uh, uh, sermons and all this good stuff. Right now, me and my disciples, we, we, just, we need to get ours, okay? We, we need this is our time, okay? Go away. Go away, please. In Jesus' name. In my name, right? He's Jesus. So. <laughs> I want verse 34 to be that, but it's not, is it? Verse 34 is when he went ashore and saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Can you imagine the disciples? Can you imagine what they're thinking? Do you think they're like, praise God, so many people to be healed? Or are they like, oh my gosh, Jesus, what are you doing? Come on, man, you promised. You said we were going to get away. You said we were going to rest. But Jesus, he sees these people. He's like, hey, we we, got to heal them. We got to minister to them. Look at them. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Friends, why is this? Why doesn't Jesus just send them away? I think, friends, because in many ways, these people need rest too, right? They need rest too. And so there's these people who are like sheep without a shepherd. What what is that like, to be a sheep without a shepherd? They're lost. Jesus looks at them, and he looks into their eyes and souls, and he knows those people feel so lost. What does a shepherd do for a sheep? Shepherd makes the sheep feel safe. If you don't feel safe in life, you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I know this sounds extreme, but, you know, can you imagine like in wartime, like you're in a bunker and bombs are going off around you and the enemy could, could overtake uh, your position at any moment? Can you imagine how well you would sleep in that situation if you don't feel safe, if you feel exposed? Friends, isn't this why some of us, we can't sleep at night? Like we can't turn off our brains, 
right? And we worry about all the things that can go wrong, right? You just worry about the future. You worry about all the things that are going on, all the things you're juggling in your life. And so you don't feel safe in many ways. You don't feel like there's a clear direction and you're not confident in that. So you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do in 10 years, five years? What am I going to do in a month? Oh my gosh, how can I sleep? And we're just sitting there and we're just trying to turn off our brains and we can't. And friends, I think probably in that crowd were people with bloodshot eyes, people who were sleep deprived. And, and, and I think that Jesus being consistent, he's like, hey, you know what? You need rest, disciples. But so do they. They need rest too. And so he heals them. He teaches them. He is present with them. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. Friends, I can just hear the fatigue just dripping off their words, right? They're like, Jesus, man, remember, this is a desolate place. Remember, we went to a desolate place to be alone, okay? There's nothing around. You know, there's no vendors. There's no restaurants. We're alone, Send them away, please, Jesus. Send them away. We're tired. Let let them go get something to eat. You know, they kind of use this excuse. Oh, it's about them, right? But I think probably the disciples, they wanted, you know, some alone time. They wanted some time just with Jesus. And so again, verse 37, I just so wanted to be that Jesus said, you're right. Yeah, thank you, disciples, for being patient. Okay, I'll send them away. Nope, verse 37. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. It's like, yeah, I mean, I heard some people snickering when we were reading this. Like, it's almost like this snapback that Jesus has, right? It's like, uh, Jesus, send them away uh, that they can go into the villages and buy themselves something to eat. You give them something to eat, right? And they said to him, Jesus, yo, what's up? Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? How much is a denarius, friends? Um, What it is, is a denarius is the average uh, wage that a worker gets in a day. So can you imagine 200 times your daily wages, right? I mean, they just kind of threw out a big number. They're like, Jesus, there are thousands of people here. You want us to feed them? Oh my gosh, Jesus, we just went and we were going around the countryside without anything. You told us not to bring anything right? We have nothing and we are spent. And now you want us to give more. Friends, in some ways it doesn't seem fair, right? We started this message talking about scarcity. I bet the disciples were feeling that. That's what deprivation is. It's when something is being sucked out of you beyond your supply. You know, you could have money deprivation. (laughs) You could have sleep deprivation. You could have empathy deprivation. You could have uh, so many things that just we don't have enough supply. You feel sucked dry. You feel like you're in deficit. 
And that's how the disciples are feeling in this moment. Jesus, we don't have the money. We don't have the resources. Yet you want us to give more. Doesn't seem fair, does it? I know there are times when people um, serve God, you know, and feel this way. You serve and serve and serve and serve, and we have this idea of burnout. What is burnout? Burnout is the idea that, man, that heat, it just gets turned up in your life. You know, even if it's good heat. And at a certain point, you know, you're just sucked dry of all the moisture in your life and you just start burning up. You're parched. You're like a desert. Your soul is like a desert. And you're like, man, I have just no more to give. I have no more emotional capacity. I don't have any more care to give. I don't have any more time. I don't have any more energy. Friends, you ever feel like that? And in this passage, it seems like, it seems like on the surface, I, I think this is how the disciples are interpreting it, that Jesus is saying, give more, give more. And they're like, Jesus, we can't do that. That's their way of saying, Jesus, we've had enough. We can't do it. Friends, if you ever feel like that, I think the next few verses can be life-giving for us. So at first, Jesus says, okay, well, what do you have then? How many loaves do you have? Notice, friends, because the disciples, they're like, do you want us to go out and buy tons of bread, right? Exhaust resources we don't have. Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't send them out into the villages to get more of what they don't have, right? He says, what do you presently have? What do you have on your persons right now? So they look around and they scrounge up Five loaves and two fish. That's what they have right now on their persons, right? I mean, you just think about there's 12 disciples, five loaves of bread is probably just enough for them for the next few days to eat, right? This was their food. This was their fish. It's all they had. So Jesus then commands everyone to sit down in groups on the green grass. And friends, uh, by the way, I, I just actually just occurred to me Green grass. Why does it say green grass? You ever see pictures of, uh, of Samaria, of, of that part of the world? Is there a lot of green grass around? Not always. I mean, there is some. Why does it mention green grass? I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I just may be conjecturing, but there is a very famous passage where it talks about green pastures, green grass. Do you know what it is? It's one of the most famous scriptures in, in the entire Bible. Psalm 23, yes. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yeah, someone said it out loud. They got so excited. They're like, I shall not want. Oh, I get it. I shall not want. Friends, it says in the scripture, they are like sheep without a shepherd. What is this passage telling us? These are his sheep and Jesus is coming to be their shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down, sit down in green grass, in green pastures. That's exactly what they do. The way that psalm starts, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have enough. I'm not in scarcity. There is enough supply for me. And when they sit down in the green grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, taking what the disciples already have. He looked up to heaven 
and set a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. Friends, what does this look like? What does it look like? We did this last week, by the way. It kind of looks like communion, doesn't it? The breaking of the bread. I think that's intentional. I think we are supposed to look at this in retrospect and say, this is a communion. This is Jesus giving of himself. He gives of himself. You think Jesus isn't tired? Oh my gosh, Jesus is so tired. The disciples are following him around, and the disciples are sitting there, but Jesus is the one doing all the preaching, right? Jesus is the one doing all the healing in this passage. Jesus is giving of himself as he always does. His life is being broken so that they can have a shepherd, and so that they can have enough. And what happens then next? They start handing out the bread, and there is enough bread. There is enough bread and fish for everyone. Everyone has their fill. Not only does everyone have their fill, but they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. There is a basket full for each disciple, friends. You see that? 12 basketfuls, one for each disciple. What is the the, the message here, friends? The message is that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough in our scarcity. Our problem of rest is a problem of scarcity. Right? So Jesus doesn't just send them away to kind of replenish on their own because Jesus knows that that's only going to do so much in their life. I'm not saying that physical rest isn't important. It certainly is, right? But you're going to get tired again. Physical food is good, but you're going to get hungry again, right? All the things we do to rest in this world, they are temporary. And they're not enough to satisfy that deep soul hunger. And Jesus knows that what you need is my supply, right? And what he is asking the disciples to do is radically depend on him. So much of our rest is not restful because we are the ones who try to give ourselves rest. Right? We do the things that make sense to us. But in this passage, he is asking his disciples, will you just completely trust in my supply? I can give you enough. I can be the one who rests you. I don't want you to hear this passage uh, or this message and think that the takeaway is when you're tired, when you're feeling burnt out, just keep serving. I mean, in a way, that's kind of what the disciples are doing, right? But it's very important that they are not serving out of their own means. If they were, then they would have gone out to the villages, right? They would have tried to scrounge up all the bread. Right? Jesus is not saying, keep serving out of your own means. That's how you burn out. Right? Keep on doing all the stuff in your life by your own strength and power. It's a recipe for burnout, for dryness, for uh, uh, being in deficit in so many different ways, of being deprived, sleep, rest, mental well-being. All those things are going to suffer when you try to do it on your own. But Jesus is the source of all rest, right? 
And it is when the disciples, they give of themselves as a sign of that radical dependence. You know, Jesus, this doesn't even make sense to us, okay? And maybe a part of them doesn't want to do it, but they do it. They give themselves to Jesus. And Jesus blesses it, and he looks to the heavens. Where does that power come from? Where does that rest come from? It is heavenly rest, isn't it? It is God-given rest. It is supernatural rest. And he blesses it. And heaven's supply is enough. It is enough for them. And it is enough for us. I just want to point us to another passage in Scripture that talks about rest. And it has kind of a similar takeaway. So this is Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Or in the NIV, it says, all who are weary and burdened, all who tire, all who have been working, all who have heavy loads, all who are going through finals, all who are going through performance reviews, all who have anxiety, all who have money problems, all who are lonely, all who have mental illness, all who are disturbed of mind and body, all who are sleep deprived, and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Don't just try to get it on your own. Come to me and I will be the source of your rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is very important, friends. This is the key takeaway of this passage is that, yes, Jesus is the source of rest for us. He's the source of life. But he also says, hey, in that rest, you're going to need to take up a yoke still. You, you, you may have heard this preached before or heard, even heard me preach about it. But a yoke is um, a, a bar, uh, probably in biblical times, a wooden bar, a solid wooden bar that's put around the necks of two animals to pull a burden, right? They, they're going to pull... Uh, you know, a plow of some kind, or they're going to pull, um, you know, a wagon full of supplies, or whatever the case may be, right? But it is a way of doing work. And so it's kind of interesting, because Jesus says, I will give you rest, take my yoke, do my work. And we're like, what? How can these two things come together? Because, friends, the way that we think about rest in this world is the absence of work. Hey, just stop working, okay? Just stop what you're doing, right? That's the way we would write this passage. That's the way I would write this passage. They go away and they just do nothing, right? And, friends, I don't want to say that there isn't a time to do that, right? There's a very important principle in Scripture called Sabbath. And Sabbath is doing nothing. Sabbath is rest. And by the way, right after this, we'll talk more about this next week, but you'll see Jesus actually goes away after this to pray by himself, no one else around, right? And so it doesn't mean that there aren't times where you do have to get away and where you should do nothing, right? But let's be honest, there are so many times when you can't do that. When, when, when you just have finals going on, 
right? You got work that's got to get done. Can you have rest and work at the same time? That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying you can have both. How? You can have both when the work that you're doing becomes my work, right? You give that to me, and you let us carry that burden together. What you are doing is work for the Lord now. It is my burden. It is my yoke, and I will help you carry it. Friends, this may seem odd, but can you study not only for the Lord, but with the Lord? Can you? I think you can. I think this takes practice, friends. But this idea that I will be there with you and I can bless the things you're doing. I can bless the things you're doing so they're not something that is just sucking life out of you. But it can be a life-giving thing. There will be enough for you, enough supply of energy, of rest, of mental well-being and capacity. You know, this idea that you're not just doing it out of this, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I got to do it. I got to do it. It's on me. It's all my work. And then, you know, well, some of us like that because we get the credit, right? When we get it done, we we feel very satisfied because we're like, ah, look what I did. I did it again. That's why we get so proud of getting so little sleep, isn't it? Because we're like, oh, I'm working so hard, right? I studied 10 hours last night. I only slept 45 minutes, right? I mean, friends, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I know sometimes it's just what we have to do. But I think there is an element of this kind of self-supply. I'm doing it on my own. It is my effort. But what would it mean if we said, you know what? I've truly given this to the Lord. Lord, I want to study for you. That means you get the glory. Even if I do poorly, I believe that your plans are not thwarted in this. I believe that you have called me to be a student. You've called me to be a worker. You've called me to work in retail or whatever the case may be. And friends, in your union with Christ, if you figure out that that's not where God wants you to be, then you know, by all means change. <laughs> but in this season of life, this can be God's yoke too. He wants to do it with you. He wants to study with you. Can you maybe just take a very practical step in doing this? Before you start your work, I want to suggest this. Just take a few moments. It doesn't have to, I mean, you know, maybe you feel like you don't have an hour to do this, but could you take a good solid five to ten minutes to just rest in the presence of God? Take deep breaths. Maybe read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. 
If you had that knowledge in your heart as you study, you know what? God is enough. I don't need to study out of a place of scarcity. Whatever I do, I do it for the Lord. And God is here with me. Remind yourself of that. Take study breaks to pray. You know, friends, yeah, at some point you do got to do the work. That's why I love Matthew 11. He's not saying don't do the work. He's saying do the work with me. Let me help pull that burden. And by the way, friends, your brothers and sisters who are sitting here in this room can be a great reminder of that. If you're feeling tired and stressed out, maybe reach out to someone and say, hey, can you pray for me? Can you remind me that God is in the midst of what I am doing right now? Friends, this is the incarnation. This is the message of Christmas, isn't it? Jesus didn't come into a world that was already peaceful, that already had everything figured out, that already had rest. He came into a tired and weary and burdened world, a world that was oppressed, a world that was not free. And Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace. Jesus came to give you the rest that we cannot get on our own. He is here with you in the midst of all that you go through. So friends, I see no better way to uh, finish this message than to just practice that. So can we just take a few moments, friends? Let's do five minutes, all right? Can we do that? Five minutes, just resting before the Lord. Maybe just take some deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. Friends, let's just rest in the Lord. You know, maybe you want to look up Psalm 23 if you're having a hard time just being still. Just read that very slowly. Just, you know, keep rereading each line if your anxiety is uh, bubbling up as you read. Then just slow down and go back and read that over and over again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Friends, rest in that knowledge. Let's rest for the next few moments. Let's just be still. Just be still. You don't have to say anything. You can if you want, if you feel led to. Friends, we're not going to be legalistic about this. But if you just want to rest, if you find your thoughts wandering, Again, go to the Psalm 23 or just, you know, say a simple one-line prayer like, Jesus, be with me. It's okay if your thoughts wander. Don't beat yourself up over it. It's natural. We've we got to learn how to rest in the Lord. But if your thoughts wander, that's okay. It's very gently. Just remind yourself. Lord, I just want to be here with you. Jesus, be with me.
But friends, as we are resting in the Lord, maybe you want to take whatever is burdening you, whatever's on your minds, whatever's stressing you out, finals or the expectations that come with finals, that grade that you feel like you need, the concerns with work or the concerns of finding a job, the concerns of getting into a college, the concerns of being alone, the concerns of being depressed, of being anxious, of being worried. Can you just take a moment to just bring that before the Lord? Maybe you can just speak that out. God, I give you my anxiety. God, I give you my concerns for school, my stress, my worry, my loneliness, my depression. This doesn't make it better right away, friends, but remember, what we are doing is we're trying to invite Jesus into this. We want this to become his work. So it's not a magic formula. It's not like everything's going to instantly get better, but we are demonstrating intent to Jesus, and it's an invitation. So you, you can even pray that over and over. Lord, I invite you to carry my burdens. I invite you into my stress. I invite you into my worries and fears. As you recall the things that are burdening you, friends, I know that can sometimes raise our stress level a little bit. It can make your heart beat faster. I just want to give you a moment to just exhale. Just breathe out and just feel in your heart that you are unloading. You're laying it before the cross. Jesus Brothers and sisters, he's strong. He carried the cross. He carried the burdens of the world. He can carry it, brothers and sisters. He can carry your burdens. Would you give it to him? Would you just lay it down right now? Just lay it down. Lay it down. Don't carry it anymore. Lay it down. Lay it down before Jesus. Praise team, can you guys come up for the closing praise? Oh God, we thank you that you are God who knows us better than we know ourselves. You know us inside and out. You know what plagues us, what burdens us, what stresses us out, what keeps us awake at night, what is draining us of life and energy. God, and we confess to you, Lord, we've tried to do it on our own. We've tried to carry it. We've tried to be strong. God, and it is no shame to say that we cannot do it on our own. It is actually very courageous to be honest and to say, Lord, I'm not enough. But God, you are. Lord, in you, we can be fully satisfied. We do not have to want or strive with anxiety or fear. But we know, God, that you are strong enough to carry these burdens. You can give us overflowing life. You can take what little we have to give and multiply it supernaturally.
So God, as we walk through life, as we give you the burdens of school, of work, of our emotional lives, of our personal lives, of our relationships, take those things, Lord. They are yours. And help us to carry those burdens in a way that we cannot on our own. Jesus, thank you for being our rest. Thank you for being our supply. Teach us, God, to radically depend on you now and always. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.